Well, good morning, Citygate Church and all of our online guests. Today, I want to bring a word to you that I believe is absolutely going to bless your life. So I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 4, and we're going to read a very well-known passage of Scripture where the Lord um, Jesus Christ speaks to the wind and the waves. And here we find from Mark 4, verse 35 onwards, it says this, And on the same day when evening had come, they said to them, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. And after they had left the, the crowd, they took him along in the boat as he was. And the other little boats were with them also on the sea. And a great storm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling up. But he was in the stern. The Lord Jesus Christ was in the stern asleep on a pillow and they had to get him up and they said to him, teacher, don't you care that we are perishing? And so he arose and he rebuked the wind and he said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Today, I want to speak to us about finding peace in the middle of a storm. You know, the storms of life come and we all experience the storms of life. And as we think about this today, I don't um, believe that we just need to understand about storms, but we need to know that God wants to still the storms in our lives. He wants to bring a great calm. He wants to be able to speak in us and through us right into the middle of our situations in order to quieten the wind and the waves and to bring us out on top. Because I believe that Jesus Christ is the Prince of Peace and can bring peace into each and every situation. So as we just go through this account today, there's just a number of points that I want to make and I'm going to encourage you now to have your faith alive, to open your heart and to absolutely receive God's word for your life today because, you know, I, I can't believe I'm the only one, but there's a lot of storms around at the moment and I believe that as we hear this word today, God wants to bring peace right into the middle of your storm. The first point that I want to make today is that the Lord Jesus Christ said this. He said, cross over to the other side. He said, let's go to the other side. And of course, he didn't say, let's go halfway and drown. He didn't say, let's have a go. He said, let us cross over to the other side. And as I've been thinking about this over the last couple of days, I really sense that, um, you, you know, perhaps the Lord is saying to us at this time to cross over to the other side. I can remember as a child when I first began to learn to swim that I would hang on to the side. I'd hang on to the side and, you know, they'd say, no, come on, you know, go out, you know, have a go. And I'd be like hanging on to the side. And I can remember with my own kids, you know, they did exactly the same thing. It's perfectly normal for people to want to hang on to the familiar of life to stay on the side of the lake that they're familiar with, that they're comfortable with. But you know what? There's something about getting in the boat with Jesus Christ and going into a whole new season of your life. I believe there is a new season for this world. I mean, obviously, we've had a, a horrendous last year with COVID. The world is a different place today. But I don't believe things start in the natural. I believe things start in the spirit. And I believe God has been stirring the church for some time now that it's time to cross over to the other side. I can remember I preached on this probably 10 years ago about, about what happens when you cross over to the other side, when you decide I'm not staying where I am in God, I'm going into a whole new experience. You know, in this account here, we find out after this, after this event here of the wind and the waves that they go to a, a, 
a part that they really weren't supposed to be in. Um, it says there was a madman there. He was in the tombs, cutting himself, chained up. But it was over into a part of the world at that time that they avoided, that they didn't ever go near. In fact, it actually says that the guy was so, you know, so mad and so uncontrollable that no one could pass that way. And I don't know about you, but I can think back in my life about, you know, I believe God has said to me to cross over into a new thing, a new season, and it's as if aggression comes up against me in the spirit, perhaps even in a person. It could be in a situation where something comes up and says, you're not coming here. You are not going to cross over into this new experience. It was interesting, as a result of the man being set free, the whole of the Decapolis opened up to the gospel. And actually, if you know your church history a little bit, it became a stronghold for the gospel, which is absolutely fantastic. But it began with a word from Jesus saying, let us cross over to the other side. Let us cross over to the other side. I want to encourage you today to cross over to the other side in your experience with God into something new. We can all quote Isaiah, um, I think it's 42 or 40, where it says, behold, I do a new thing. You know, there's something new happening. And I don't believe, as I said earlier, that that begins in the world. I believe that begins with a word from God. And I want to encourage you today, my friend, that there is something new taking place in the body of Christ. Things are hotting up. Things are stirring up. The gospel is being preached like never before. We are crossing over to the other side. We're in a day where God wants to sweep people into the kingdom of God, but it's going to take the church of Jesus Christ getting up and getting in a boat and crossing over to the other side in how we do church, in the purpose of church, on, on the harvest that we reap, so many things. I'm sure we're going to reach and have to address some of these things that they experienced in the tombs over there. But you know what? Yes, the world may say you can't come here or you're not allowed to do that or your enemy of your soul is going to stir up and say you're not passing this way. But I want to encourage you, my friend, to get in the boat with Jesus right now, to let go of the shore of familiarity and to be heading over into a whole new adventure in your salvation and in your faith with Jesus Christ. I believe the things that you find on the other side when you step out by faith is a whole new experience in God. There are times when I've you know, felt like I've just gone round and round in circles and then I've heard from God and I step out in a new way, perhaps like Abraham. You know, God said to Abraham, he said, I want you to leave this country, to leave your father's house, to leave what's gone in here over in Haran, and I want you to go where I'm going to take you. And there are so many times in the Bible where God speaks to people to lead them into something new. Come on, let's not hang on to something that's average. Um, let's get in the boat and go to where God's absolute abundance is for our lives. I spoke the other week about there's a place of abundance with your name on it. Well, I absolutely believe that as we cross over to the other side, don't let the storms of life put you off and don't let the madman saying you can't come here ever put you off, you know, that faith stirring on the inside and getting in the boat with Jesus and going into a whole new experience. The second point that I want to bring uh, today is this, when it seems like all hell breaks loose. <laughs> when you head towards your purpose, you know what? You stir the enemy. I heard somebody say this years ago, your vision will wake up your enemy. 
And I've experienced that so many times when God speaks to you and says, come on, we're going to achieve something. We're going to, you know, we're going to address something. God's going to open up a new door. The enemy gets scared. And that's exactly what happened here. Just a little aside there, there were a lot of little other boats on the sea at the same time. Lots of them. The storm was not to stop them. The storm was to stop the Lord Jesus Christ from going up and opening up the whole of the 10 cities of Jerusalem there. That's what the storm was about. But all these other boats got affected by the same storm. Sometimes you get hit with a storm that's to take you out. Other times you're just in the environment and you're experiencing the same storm that perhaps is meant for other people. But either way, Jesus is peace in the midst of every storm. But when you head towards your purpose, sometimes, bam, that storm just kicks up, comes from nowhere. It says the disciples were surprised. They were amazed. They lived on the water. They were fishermen, a lot of them. And they knew the signs of the weather. They knew the signs of, of the wind and the waves and the, and, the, and the clouds. But this took them completely by surprise. And they were experts on the Sea of Galilee. Storms are sent to intimidate. Storms of life are sent to threaten your life and to beat you down and to get you to give up and turn back and say, you know what? I'm not going out on a faith adventure ever again. Let's understand why storms come. I do not believe Jesus sends storms. I don't believe our God is the God who sends storms. But thank God in the middle of a storm, it's time to learn something. You know what? If this had been sent by God, the Lord Jesus Christ would never have rebuked it. He would have said, great, bring it on. But he didn't. It's really important for us to understand the storms of life are sent to bring destruction and sent to turn you back to your familiar life. You know what? Faith is an adventure in God. And when you step out by faith, it's as if all hell tries to break loose in order to get you to go back. We all know the parable, I'm sure, of the, of the seed and the four different types of land. And it says, it says persecution arises for the word's sake. When you step out on God's word, the enemy wants to do everything he can to steal that word out of your mouth, steal that word out of your heart, steal that out of your experience. The Bible says his word is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. If, if the enemy can quench the word or get the word out of our lives, we don't know how to move on because it's his word who leads us and guides us. The word is, of course, the Lord Jesus Christ. But the storms are meant and sent to intimidate us, to threaten us, to beat us down. The enemy will tell you when you're going through a storm that it's your fault. Have you ever been accused in the middle of a storm? You step out by faith. I know I'm speaking to somebody here today. You step out by faith. You believe you've heard from God. And suddenly, bam, this storm comes up. The wind and the waves, you feel like your boat's about to sink. You're about to drown. You just want to get back to familiar land. You just want to hang on to the side again. You want to give up ever going out on the adventures of faith. But you know what? The enemy of your soul will come in. One of his names is the accuser. And he will come in and say, it's your fault that there's a storm here. He'll blame you for it. He's the one who brings the storm. And then he'll accuse you that it's your fault. Unbelievable. He'll tell you that it's the judgment of God because you've done something wrong. I am so glad that all my judgment went on to the Lord Jesus Christ. God does not judge me in that sense. He, he is, of course, the great judge still. But all the price for sin 
and for, and for um, disobedience and unbelief has all been put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Storms of life are never sent as a judgment from God. They are always sent by the enemy to keep you out of God's best. And I've, I really pray that we get hold of this today, that the storms of life always come to keep you out of God's best. If there's a storm there, it's because you're doing something right. It is not because you're doing something wrong. The enemy would tell you something completely different. He'd say, you've done it wrong, that's why the storm's here. But I absolutely want to counter that with the truth of God's word today that says when you are in the middle of God's will, that's when the storms often come because it's the work of the enemy to get you out from God's best. Be encouraged with that. Storms can only come to your life if you are already bigger and stronger than any storm that comes at you. I love the verse where it says, God will not let you be tempted, tested or tried above that which you can bear. But he always provides a way of escape, a way out of every situation. And we're going to find today that that's the word peace, that we can speak into the middle of the storm. But if there's a storm in your life right now, I want to encourage you, you are bigger than that storm. You're stronger than that storm. You will not go down with this storm. And I want to encourage you today to see the storm for what it is and to, and to refuse to allow that storm to intimidate your life or to threaten you or to beat you down. In the middle of the storm is the time to rise up. In the middle of the storm, it's a time to get hold of faith and address that storm as we're going to find out in this today. Storms are sent by the enemy to destroy us. But thank God that in God, because he's allowed them into our environment, because he knows we're already stronger than those storms, storms actually end up being something for us to enter into a whole new experience and encounter with God himself. So often in the middle of a storm, I get greater clarity as to who God is. In the middle of a storm, I get greater understanding of his faithfulness and his peace that he can put on the inside of me. So often in a storm, I find out something new about God. I'm not going to glorify the storm from that, but... Isn't it great that in the middle of a disaster, God can bring something beautiful? God can bring life out of the ashes and God can bring peace right into the middle of a storm. And it's not that God just wants to calm the storms around our lives. He wants us to understand something new about himself. He wants us to grow in our experience with God and our reliance and our trust in God right in the middle of those storms. Storms are about the wind and the waves. And, you know, in the Bible, it talks about the winds of doctrine, about, you know, wrong things that people believe. In the middle of a storm, it, is, it does never cease to amaze me that people grasp onto things which are not Scripture. In the middle of a storm, they start believing something else. No, come on, in the middle of a storm, that's the time to get hold of the written Word of God. Don't throw this book away. Don't throw away church. Don't throw away your small group. Don't throw away praying. Don't allow the winds of believing wrong things to get into your life in the middle of a storm. And then there's the waves of, of really getting into the flesh, of thinking, you know, the Bible says we don't think carnally. That's the word that the Bible uses. We don't think like everybody else. In the middle of a storm, come on, it's not time to allow those, those upheavals in our lives for us to think in a wrong way, but to think 
according to the Spirit to allow our mind, even in the middle of a storm, to be set on things above. You know what? In a storm is a great time to take captive your thoughts. In a storm is a great time in order, you know, to speak out God's word for your life. Again, perhaps I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. I'm so excited about this message today because you know what? I can see people getting set free all through this message. So many things here that are powerful keys to coming out on top when the enemy wants you to turn back. What else happens in a storm? Absolute confusion. Absolute confusion. I don't know which way is north, south, east or west. The boat's being thrown around all over the place. I can't get my bearings. Am I going that way or that way? And aren't you thankful that the peace of God is an umpire for every decision that you have to make? That the peace of God guards your heart and your mind in the middle of a storm that we can still think clearly and we can still make quality decisions to know the way we should be going. We're still going to the other side. In the middle of a storm is not the time to go left or right or backwards. You keep on course, praying in the Holy Ghost, keeping your spirit sharp and going in the direction that God wants you to go in. The third point today is peace in the storm. Peace in the storm. I want you to hear what I'm saying there. Peace in the storm. Not peace after the storm. And it's not because the storm goes. But peace in the storm. Of course, the greatest example of peace we can ever find is Jesus Christ. And it isn't any surprise to me that in the middle of this storm, he's asleep on a pillow in the stern. He went to sleep on purpose. He got a pillow and he didn't just sort of, you know, he was a bit tired so he drifted off. No, on purpose he went to sleep. He made a quality faith decision, I'm going to sleep and we're getting to the other side. That speaks of incredible peace from God. The storm didn't wake Jesus Christ up. This is such a powerful point. The storm didn't wake Jesus up, it was the disciples that woke Jesus up. He would have slept all the way through the whole thing. Why? Because he said, we're going to the other side. The storm didn't wake him up. And sometimes I think, you know, the storms of life have more of an impact on our thinking and more of an impact on our emotions than the very word of God. It's as if the storm is getting our attention. The storm is causing our adrenaline to pump. You know, the storm we hear of so many people in our you know, society today with anxiety problems, anxiety attacks, with panic attacks, with all sorts of issues, with anger issues, rage issues. And it's all because the storm has more impact on their lives and is shouting louder and getting people's attention far more than the written word of God. Thank God for Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace. He was asleep in the bow of the boat. I love this verse, Isaiah 26, verse 3. You will keep him in perfect peace. Wow, what a verse. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you, the Lord God, because he trusts in you. Don't you love that? That's peace in everyday life, not just peace in a storm. You will keep him. This is consistent peace, consistent peace. I believe in peace for life. I believe in everyday peace. Whether there's a storm there or not, the Apostle Paul said this, 
doesn't matter what's going on around me, if I'm a based or a bound, if things are good or bad. He said, you know what? I may be cast down, but I'm not forsaken. I'm not crushed. I'm not destroyed. All sorts of stuff's going on. But you know what? I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. I want to say it like this. I can do all things through the peace of Christ on the inside of me. The peace of Christ. You know, the Bible is clear. It says the peace of God will guard your heart and your mind. God's peace will act as an umpire for your decisions. Peace for everyday life. I love the peace of God. When somebody doesn't have peace, they fill their life with everything else, trying to get peace. See, peace is absolutely vital for healthy living. Absolutely vital for a healthy marriage. Absolutely vital for healthy kids. Perhaps speaking to the parents today. Do everything you can to have your home filled with peace. Your house filled with peace. You know, discern those things that want to steal peace or destroy peace or upset peace and put your foot down and say, we're not having that in this household, not as a, as a dictator, but come on, by faith and in the spirit, say, come on, this is the house where the peace of God dwells. In the marriage, in the relationship, in the workplace, perhaps you're in a, a, you know, an office at the moment and it's as if there's no peace in the office. Well, come on, this has got to be first priority for us to bring peace into every environment that we live because we're to live in this realm of peace. Peace in the storm. Peace for everyday life. Having everything doesn't bring you peace. Hardly a day goes by and we don't hear of some other example or, uh, you know, horrendous, a tragedy of somebody who seemingly had everything but they couldn't live with themselves or they couldn't live with their experience. You know what that tells me? Sadly, they had no peace on the inside because that peace does not come by owning things or having things. Uh, you know, and this is coming from somebody who believes in prosperity, but prosperity doesn't bring you peace. Having stuff doesn't bring you peace. Things around you don't bring you peace. It's the peace of God on the inside which brings you peace. You know, people will fill their lives with addictions. People will fill their lives trying to escape from their reality. People will, you know, fill their life with eating disorders. All sorts of things. There's, a, there's a abuse of every kind. People trying to fill the void on the inside. And the void is there because there's a lack of peace. We have peace with God, the Bible tells us, through our relationship with Jesus Christ, but we also have peace from God for us to live a life of peace. Inner peace is not bought, it's not, it's not found in the absence of storms. There can be no storms around you and you still have no peace in your life. Seems crazy to me, really, that here in the middle of the storm, people are saying, where's Jesus? <laughs> Don't know if you've ever had to say that. Jesus, where are you? <laughs> There's a storm raging here. And it's as if he's asleep in the bow of your boat. But can I just say, he may be asleep, but he cares. And he knows. And his presence is still in the boat. And I'm so thankful that the Lord Jesus Christ, whether I feel him, can I say it like this, awake or perhaps asleep, Perhaps I don't feel him right now. Perhaps I'm not aware of his presence. Perhaps it feels like that, that, you know, he's just not there. But you know what? 
He's there. His presence, the Prince of Peace, is in my boat. Thank God for that. And he's in your boat as well if you've made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. In the middle of the storm, often people start to say, don't you care? Come on, Jesus, wake up. Can't you see what's going on? The Bible says Jesus is easily touched with the feelings of our infirmities. And just to have Jesus in the boat brings such a sense of incredible peace into your life if you put Jesus first place and understand he's in the boat, we're getting to the other side. He didn't say we're going halfway and drowning. He said we're going to the other side. Friend, don't give up. Jesus is in your boat. Don't go back. Jesus is in your boat. The Prince of Peace is right in the middle of your situation. See, peace is found in the person of Jesus Christ, not in the absence of trouble. Peace is found in the person of Jesus Christ. Peace comes when I replace, I replace the lies of my fear with the truth of God's promises. It comes when I remember how God has been faithful every single time before. There's not a time I can look back Perhaps at the time I don't see it, but as I look back, I say God was faithful. He was with me all the way through and he brought me out into a large place. God is faithful. That brings peace into your life. It also comes, peace comes when you release control of your circumstances and your anxiety and your worry and you cast it all on God. When you cast your cares upon Jesus Christ, his peace can fill your life. And finally, it comes, peace comes as we understand that God's character can only ever be love and faithfulness and good. This is something to receive by faith. It's something to protect in your life, protect the peace of God. How do we do that? We do that by faith. Thank you, God, I believe and I receive your peace. We pray in the Holy Ghost. We take captive thoughts, you know, far too much for today, really. But we, we find peace in the person of Jesus Christ as we commune with him, as we spend time with him. His peace can fill our lives no matter if we're on the top of a mountain or in the bottom of a valley. We can be consistent with the Prince of Peace on the inside of our lives. Romans chapter 16, verse 20 says this, the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. Yes, we have peace in the storm. We have peace from Jesus Christ being in our boat. But there are times when that incredible peace, which gives us inner peace and the ability to stand and having done all to stand, stand and not turn back and, and not want to go back to Egypt or not give up on the boat ride or the new adventure that we're on, you know, to give up and turn away. No, we have peace on the inside that all things are going to work together for my good because my faith is being released and I'm praying. I have a peace on the inside that my faith will quench every fiery dart of the wicked one. I have peace on the inside that that good work that God has begun in my life, he's going to carry it on to completion completion unto the day of Christ. I have peace on the inside of my life that we're going to get to the other side and not go halfway and drown. But you know what? There is a time for that peace on the inside to get stirred up. And can I say it like this? To become an aggressive peace and to be released. You see, peace 
for our lives is wonderful and Jesus is in our boat, but there is a time for that same peace to be released in authority in order to quieten the wind and the waves. There are times when it's not just about protecting our peace. It's about releasing our peace in authority to rebuke the enemy and to bring us out on top in Jesus' mighty name. My fourth point today is this. Jesus said, peace be still. And I don't believe he said it in some half-hearted way. He was speaking to a thunderstorm. He was speaking to a storm that was going to kill them all if it wasn't dealt with. He was speaking to a storm that was already filling the boat and, and they were starting to perish in their own words. See, Jesus rebuked the storm. He didn't just say, ah, oh, it doesn't matter. All things will work together for good. He didn't just say, you know what? We're all just getting to know God in the middle of a storm. All those things were true. But there's a time to rebuke the storm, from the place of having the peace of God on the inside of us. You see, that word peace is the word shalom in, in Hebrew in the Old Testament, which means wholeness, nothing missing, nothing broken in any way. Well, things were certainly being destroyed on this day. Things were certainly being, being stirred up and you know, confused and there was panic and fear that was going on. What a great time to release the peace of God in authority. And friend, I don't know what situation you're going through. And I've encouraged you and I believe God wants to encourage you to, you know, even in the middle of a storm, have peace on the inside. That that can deal with all the fear, all the anxiety, all the unbelief all the stuff that wants to accuse your life and say, you know what, you should never have stepped out um, on the water. You should never have got into the boat. You should never have left the safety of your familiarity and believed God for more. You should never have believed God for the best. Just stay on the other side and go back to being average. No, I, you know, that's what the storm wants to say. But there's something that's got to rise up in the heart of the believers that says, I refuse to submit to this. I refuse to allow these storms to wreck my destiny and to destroy my purpose. There's a man on the other side that needs salvation. There's the 10 cities of Jerusalem that need to hear the word of the love and the salvation of Jesus Christ. There's a whole new encounter that my world is going to have through my life and through my example of Christ. And for that to happen, I need to deal with the wind and the waves here. Don't allow the wind and the waves that are surrounding you to stay one more minute when God is saying, come on, stand on the bow of the boat, prophesy, speak the word of God, declare by faith, peace be still. You see, because the Lord Jesus Christ was in peace, he could speak peace. You can't speak wholeness from a place of being in unbelief and fear. That inner peace is absolutely vital. See, Jesus didn't panic. Therefore, he could release his peace. It's a bit like God the Father in, you know, in Genesis chapter 1, verses 1, 2, and 3. God said, let there 
be light. And he released the light that was inside himself and he flooded a dark void with the light of God. That wasn't sunlight, that was the light of the glory of God. Why? Because God is light, he could release light. And I want to encourage you today that you've got the peace of God on the inside of you because the Prince of Peace is asleep in the bow of your boat, in the stern of your boat. The Prince of Peace is on the inside of you. Faith is on the inside of you. Joy is on the inside of you. Grace is on the inside of you. All of these things have been deposited there when you were born again. And it's time to wake up the peace of God on the inside. You know what? It's time to get a little bit aggressive with that incredible deposit of the abundant life of God. Don't just let it sit there and, and stagnate. Come on, it's time. The wind and the waves need to hear your voice. The storms of life need to hear your voice. They don't just want you to be declaring, you know what, it's all gone wrong and, and it's all going to die. The Bible says, doesn't it? Uh, I think it's the 18th chapter of Proverbs. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Well, can I say this? The calm and the storm are in the power of the tongue. As we speak peace, we release peace. As we speak joy, we release joy. And there are times when, you know, perhaps we just think, I just haven't got any more joy on the inside of me. But I want to tell you, friend, you have. Because the Prince of Joy is in your spirit right now. The joy of the Lord has been put in there. It is, it is the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The grace of God, the peace of God, the compassion of God, the faith of God is all on the inside. And it's time to wake it up. Don't just sit in the boat and say, we're going to drown. No, come on, go and stand on the front there and declare peace be still. Stir up your faith. Fill your mouth with something full of the peace of God, that's full of the promises of God, that's full of the prophetic words that you've had from God, or the desires that God's put on your heart. Fill your mouth, and not just as a little chat, but as a declaration right into the middle of the darkness, or the storm, or the wind, or the waves. I love what the Bible says. It says this, there was a great calm. There was a great calm. Didn't just calm down a little bit. There was a great calm. Have you ever seen the photographs? Absolutely stunning of, of, of perhaps a, um, a large expanse of water or a lake or something. And it's absolutely perfectly still. In my spirit, I don't believe that it went from a storm to just normal. I believe something supernatural happened that day. And when Jesus said, peace be still, it's as if there was a great calm. And I want you to release your faith today as we pray in just a minute that there will be a great calm in your circumstances. A great calm. It won't just go back to normal. No, if this is a supernatural moment, then let's believe God for a supernatural outcome. That as we declare the peace of God, as we agree this together today, from that peace that is on the inside of us, that there will be a great calm, a supernatural peace, which floods our circumstances. 
Can I say this? It won't be the last time you ever have to say, peace be still. Who knows what's happening tomorrow, next week, next month, next year. But thank God we have the peace of God on the inside that whether it's this storm or one that's coming around the corner, when we speak by faith, God by his spirit destroys every yoke, removes every burden and brings a great calm into our experience. You see, Jesus was right in the middle of their situation and he's right in the middle of your situation. Let's wake something up right now. Perhaps you feel it's been a little bit sort of tired or dormant. Perhaps you feel like this last year has worn you out and that piece is tired. That piece is not effective today. Friend, I want to encourage you to wake up that peace on the inside of you because that peace is the key to living a consistent life. Has to do with our hope and the Bible says hope is an anchor of our soul. That's something else which grounds us when the storms of life are around. But come on, it's not just peace on the inside, it's peace from the inside into our circumstances. Let's wake up the peace of God today in our lives. Let's believe and receive for this peace right now. We're not asking for it from out there somewhere. No, he's in there. The Holy Spirit, the Prince of Peace, the God of Peace is in there now. He's in your spirit. You may think he's asleep, but he's there. Come on, let's believe God right now. I'm going to ask you to pray. I'm going to ask you to release your faith. I'm going to ask you to declare some things out of your mouth as we believe and we receive peace on the inside and then we're going to agree together and we're going to release some of that peace into our circumstances. Let's pray, shall we? Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, that you are the God of peace. And you said you will crush Satan under our feet shortly. And that's in every and any circumstance. But first and foremost today, Lord, we want to say you are our God of peace. Lord Jesus Christ, you are the Prince of Peace, the Prince of wholeness, the Prince of abundance and shalom, nothing missing, nothing broken. You are the peace of God, which passes all understanding that dwells in us. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your anointing that brings wholeness and peace into our lives. And right now, we believe and we receive the peace of God to fill every part of our lives. Lord, to fill our minds, to be an umpire, to guard our hearts and our minds, to keep away all confusion and wrong believing and wrong thinking. Lord, we lay hold of the peace of God that Jesus Christ, you are our Lord and Saviour, that you are faithful we throw away the lies that lead to fear and we lay hold of the promises which lead to hope. And we thank you, God, right now for the peace of God which is touching lives and hearts and minds right now. We thank you for that. We receive that. Thank you, Father. Why don't you just thank him right now? Say, thank you, Father. I believe and I receive your peace today. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, friend, I'm going to encourage you right now to release that peace. Come on, 
agree with me. Why don't you pray your own prayers? I don't know what's going on in your life, but it's time to calm. Bring a great calm to some of those wind and waves. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we stand together in agreement against every plan of the enemy to destroy purpose and to thwart your plan and your design for people's lives. Lord God, in the name of Jesus Christ, you have told us to get into a boat and we're out on the lake and we're going for this new move. We're going for this new season in God. And in Jesus' name, we speak right now to the wind and the waves. We speak to wrong believing, wrong thinking. We speak in Jesus' name to every sickness, every disease, every, every bit of confusion or turbulence that has come into people's lives, whether that's financially or emotionally or in people's employments or their jobs or their relationships. In Jesus' name, we agree and we declare peace be still. And Father, we thank you for the release of of your peace right now into each and every circumstance. And Father, we thank you for every boat crossing to the other side on a great calm. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if we were here in person, I'd be getting people shouting and praising God. And I'm gonna encourage you to give glory to God for what He is doing in your life right now and as a result of this broadcast today. But friend, perhaps you're on today and you're saying, well, you know what? I can identify with who you talked about earlier. I just don't have peace on the inside because I don't know Jesus Christ as Lord. You see, this is not a peace that comes from positive thinking. It's not a peace that comes from feeling good about yourself. It's a peace that comes from one place only and that is having Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life. Friend, that happens as you say, Jesus, come into my life. I want you to take out the old and put yourself in there. The Bible actually says he takes out all the dead old hardness and he puts in something absolutely beautiful. It says he actually puts in the abundant life of his spirit on the inside of us. And he brings us into a relationship with the heavenly father, the God that created you, the God of peace. So friend, if you've never said yes to Jesus Christ, if you've never received him as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to encourage you to do that right now with me. How do you do that? Well, the Bible says if you confess with your mouth, if you agree and speak with your mouth that Jesus Christ is your Lord, and if you believe in your heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead, God the Father raised God the Son from the dead, you shall be saved. You don't have to hope, guess, pray, wonder, will I be good enough? Do I need to pay a price? Do I need to? No, it's none of that. God loves you. And he's saying, come to me. Even those who are weary and heavy laden, come to me. I'll give you peace. I'll give you rest. I'll give you salvation. The Bible actually calls that being born again. You have a brand new start in your relationship with God. Friend, why don't you pray with me right now, like I did in 1984, and all heaven broke loose into my life. The kingdom of heaven and all God's goodness flooded my life. Friend, why don't you say yes to Jesus now? Why don't you pray out loud with me? Say this, Heavenly Father, thank you that you love me. Thank you that you've demonstrated your love through sending your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to die on the cross to give me life. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me, for paying the price for all of my sin. I receive you today as my Lord, my Saviour and my friend. I turn away from the way I've lived apart from you. And by the help of your grace and your power, I will never be the same again. 
I receive eternal life. Amen. Friend, if you've prayed that prayer today, God has worked a work in your life. You are now a Christian. You've, you've entered into the family of God. I'm going to encourage you to find a church in your area. If there's anywhere, you know, if you're anywhere near Southeast London, we'd love to see you here in Citygate Church. We've got a warm welcome going on here uh, with the hundreds and hundreds of people that come here in Citygate Church and all the kids we have. And, you know, there's, there's just so much going on. But there will be a church in your area that absolutely believes the Word of God, that is a place of life and fun and where people love God and love people. But God bless you. Have an amazing week. And remember that Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, is in your boat and wants to be released out of your mouth for the lives of the people around you. Have a great week and I'll see you next time.